Hello, and welcome to Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I'm your host and the lucky lady who gets to interview our guest today. Now, before we jump into the interview, I have a favor to ask. Will you review this podcast wherever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify or Amazon Music or iTunes? See, our goal is to help more nonprofits just like you have less stressful and more successful marketing so that they can do more of their good work and make our world a better place. But I can't help them until I meet them. And so your review can actually help me change that. When you leave a review, it helps this podcast show up when people are looking for answers to the problems that the podcast is meant to help them solve. So if you are a nonprofit marketing with purpose fan already, and you haven't reviewed the podcast, or if this is your first time and you learn a thing or two, leave a review so we can connect with more awesome nonprofits just like you. Thank you so much in advance. Now let's get to business. You're on a mission and you just need more people to know about it. And whether you're brand new to marketing or a seasoned pro, we are all looking for answers to make marketing decisions with purpose. I'm Monica Pitts, a techie, crafty business owner, mom, and aerial dancer who solves communication challenges through technology. This podcast is all about digging in and going digital. I'll share my marketing know-how and business experience from almost 20 years of misadventures. I'll be your backup dancer so you can stop doubting and get moving towards marketing with purpose. Whoa, we're live. Hello, everybody, and um, welcome to our Facebook Live. This is actually going to be rolled into our nonprofit Marketing with Purpose podcast. So if you're with us, welcome. And if you can't stay the whole time, that's okay because you can listen to it later on the nonprofit Marketing with Purpose podcast. So today we are going to explain how our community and the community surrounding, because it's a regional campaign, every year during our year-end giving campaign manages to raise well, last year we raised like over $1.8 million for our local nonprofits. And when I say our, I do not mean the three people that are sitting on this Facebook Live. That is not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the 148 participating nonprofits worked really hard using this structure that we give them to raise year-end giving funds. And, and so it's pretty exciting. So first I wanted to explain like, what is this campaign? So the campaign that we're talking about is called Como Gives, and it supports three counties. Is that right, John? Um, nonprofits in three counties? Uh, four. Four counties in, in Missouri. And it is a month-long online year-end giving campaign. So nonprofits apply to be part of it. And then with help of media sponsors and obviously the powerhouse of the Community Foundation of Central Missouri. It all comes together and this campaign runs. So will you tell us a little bit about how Como Gives started, John, and how it's grown? Yeah, I'll just give a brief overview. Uh, in 2013, we had our first campaign. Community foundations across the country do these giving emphasis kind of campaigns for the benefit of their local nonprofits. And so we thought we would try one. We were the first one in Missouri. Not even the big cities had done one in 2013. Como Gives, which stands for Columbia, Missouri, was the first one. And we had 30 organizations from our local community that signed up, and we collected a total of $62,400 that year. We thought that was okay. We weren't sure if we would do it the next year or not, but we did. And so the next year, we multiplied our donations by about almost five times our uh, giving at that time was $249,000, I believe it was. And we had 53 nonprofits that had signed up. So with the more organizations came more donations and people began to feel confident. And from that point, we've only gone uphill from there. We are now 148 organizations this year. And we've gone from that 62,400 all the way up to 1.86 million this past year. So every year has been an incremental increase. Our biggest two-year increases were between our first campaign and our second, and then between our seventh and our eighth. Last year, 2020, we had about a 60% increase in one year at the advent of the pandemic. And uh, this year, we carried on, blew past that, and increased our giving by 14%. 
over the last year even. So we were really tickled with everybody's support. And we weren't really sure. Like we were all nervous going into this campaign because last year was so big. And we felt like it could have been the generosity and the pandemic that kind of all came together and, you know, really spurred our community to come together and give. But then this year, without adding a ton more organizations, we did add a few more. Um, We still managed to exceed our goal and and bring in even money than the year before. So Mm -hmm. that felt really good. And the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is, John, uh, we just did our debrief last Um, or just yesterday with our participants, which is always an amazing activity because we learned so much about how to make it better. John had mentioned that in the past, we were considering a successful participant campaign, the ability to raise like $2,000. And there were so many organizations, I think you said over 70% that earned over $2,000 this year that John feels like now we have to like (laughs) elevate what we call a successful campaign and make it a minimum of $3,000. So I feel like that's just all really showing how it's all coming together and becoming, um, a staple of giving at the end of the year for our community. Um, So with that done, I feel like we should explain the, I I don't want to say people, but the organizations and businesses that come together to make Como Gibbs possible and what our roles are. So that way, as people are listening to this, um, how we do it, they understand like our perspectives. So John, why don't you explain that? Okay, so the idea for Como Gives and who takes ultimate responsibility for putting on Como Gives every year, uh, because all the donations are made to us, is the Community Foundation of Central Missouri. So we we may have had the original idea and made the decision to pursue this and to continue it every single year because we seem to be that essential kingpin of that nonprofit foundation that kind of holds it all together. But we could not do this without the partners that we have assembled. And if there's one thing that we've done, it's assemble a really excellent team of partners. And so uh, the two women at the top of my screen, which I think are at the top of yours as well, are representing May Create Design. They are our digital media sponsor for the campaign. And that's a narrow term for a broad level of work. They not only design and maintain and upgrade the website every single year, the website is basically rebuilt in many ways every year. They also are the brainchild of our social media marketing and do a lot of the other nuts and bolts of marketing and campaign uh, beginning and entrance. And then they also help us with what are some good ideas. A couple of years back, they had a laundry list of things that said, John, I think we could improve the campaign if we would do this. And they thought I might accept one, maybe two of the seven or eight. I said, let's go with all eight. And so that particular year, they had these great ideas. We put them all into play and they were all effective. And so that was really quite terrific. So we depend on Make Create very, very much for the campaign. Um, you know, we pay them some for what they do, but I'm telling you, they give us three, four times the amount that we pay uh, in volunteer time and work and sponsorship effort. And we could not do this without them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our signature sponsor every year, at least in the past few years, has been Commerce Bank or Commerce Trust a large bank here in the central United States. They are our only cash sponsor. And so the signature sponsor gives us a cash gift at the beginning of every campaign. And we use that to pay some of the expenses, the hard expenses of the campaign. Then we need more marketing because what Monica and Stacy and their teams do is really wonderful, but we need even more than that to make it go. And so we have a TV sponsor and that's KOMU8 TV. That is a student led uh, professionally uh, organized uh, NBC affiliate as part of the University of Missouri here in Columbia. And so they offer all manner of uh, non-charge pro bono PSAs during late November and December to help drive their viewers to make donations to Como Gives. And then we also have the radio wave saturated with PSAs from Cumulus Broadcasting Network here in Columbia and their flagship radio station, KFRU, and about eight other of their stations. So they just do a a bunch of PSAs in all manner of talk and music formats. And so we get a pretty good bit of marketing out. So those are our key sponsors, and we appreciate each and every one of them. And so I run the Community Foundation. I'm the executive director. And um, we do all kinds of other philanthropic sayings besides Como Gives, but this is the single thing we do now every year 
which is our biggest project and which takes the most of our staff time, including my own and our assistant. Uh, it's a year long project now. We feel like that around here too, but it's okay. I know you do. And I feel like after doing it now for nine years, <laughs> it, um, I mean, it's coming together easier and easier every year because we have people like Stacy, who's on this Facebook Live with us, who are they're process driven human beings. Like Stacy creates spreadsheets and check boxes and like really helps us make sure that we have everything done running through the campaign. I know that John does a lot of that on his end too, but like my role in the campaign is really thinking up these ideas, getting together the creative, making sure that we're communicating with our nonprofits and and a lot of the times too like rallying the nonprofits together and giving them the, the materials and and the education that they need to run a successful campaign. But we need someone on our team like Stacy, who's going to make sure that all the stuff that we have to do inside our team actually gets done, too. <laughs> so um, she just made me actually a spreadsheet today to reconcile Como Gives data at the end of the campaign for myself. So thank you, Stacy. <laughs> You're welcome. It makes doing math so much easier when you just have to put a couple little numbers in and everything else calculates. Absolutely. Formula queen. She is. <laughs> So that, okay. So friends who are joining us, like if you're considering running a fundraiser, one of the things that I just heard John saying was one of the things that makes this fundraiser so successful is that we have sponsors that help us promote the campaign. And so that's one thing that everybody can learn from the success of Como Gives is having your communities, marketing, um, companies coming together and working together to promote your campaign is a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And then also as the campaign rolls through and you do it year after year, having systems in place to help you run it easier, like spreadsheets, even as, as silly as that sounds, will make it more successful every year because you're not starting from ground zero. Okay. So that kind of leads me into this campaign management topic that I wanted to talk about. So we had some stuff that we did differently this year. And I wanted you, um, Stacey and John, to kind of talk about how you guys made those decisions and what you did. So one of the things, and I have a list. So let's just start with this um, really fun one, the most different thing we did this year, which is our power hour. John, do you want to tell everybody what the power hour was and how you sure. came up with that idea? In case viewers don't know, Como Gives is a month long, usually, December 1 through 31, giving window. And a month is just one twelfth of a year, but 31 days can be a really long time if you're trying to, you know, man the campaign every day or woman the campaign every day and, um, you know, jazz people up to get donations in and do uh, creative work in social media and just make sure that everybody is amped up so that they can donate to you. It's a long month and the giving doesn't necessarily happen equally all month long. Um, our biggest donations are at the beginning and at the end. And the middle of the month kind of languishes, languishes a little bit. Every day is good, but some days are lower than others. And those are usually in the middle of the month. So we thought, what could we do to raise interest during that middle of the month? Because not everybody travels. And there are people who will make donations in the middle of the month if we just remind them. So we created a concept called Power Hour, which is based on happy hour from 4 to 7 p.m. You know, at some restaurant. Uh, so this is a giving power hour, same hours, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we tried to get all the organizations to rally their supporters to give donations during that three-hour window on that chosen day. And we had $54,000 given. 3% of the total was given during power hour on December 17, when ordinarily that day would have been about $20,000 day. That day was an $80,000 day because of power hour. 54,000 given during those three hours that I'm mentioning. So that's how we come up with ideas about how to you know, rally interest and support because the Power Hour also comes with a challenge grant. And challenge grants are a key part of the campaign that everybody may not know about. Challenge grants give the organizations a little extra money that the Community Foundation provides to help them if they can be motivated to have their donations reach certain metrics in certain areas. And so the organization that had the most amount of donations, not the highest number of donations, but the highest amount of donations made during those three hours, got an additional $500 challenge grant. So 
it's a little motivation, you know, to work the processes as well with Como Gives. And a lot of our Como Gives organizations are smaller organizations. And I think one of the things that Power Hour did was allow these smaller organizations to really focus and put all their energy in during this very finite time frame. And so the organization that got it is a smaller all-volunteer run organization, um, got the challenge grant. And I noticed that, you know, like the bigger ones, they go after some of the harder to get challenge grants. But I feel like this one was a great opportunity for a smaller organization to go after because it's hard for them to spread out that time and manage people throughout the entire month. And it's a lot easier for them to be like, all right, everybody get together. We've got an hour. <laughs> Let's do right. it. Right. Um, so Stacy, now on our end, I know that we did a lot of different things differently this year too. And I was hoping that you would talk a little bit about how we started planning earlier and improved the site speed and also adjusted that peer-to-peer -peer page display. Can you tell us about those things? Absolutely. So just now we're talking about last year's campaign, the 2021 campaign, and we're finishing that up. But the three of us are almost already thinking about next year. So in less right around a month, we'll start planning for 2022's campaign. And so I think that getting that done early, um, so we had the website completely ready to go in October this year. Most of it was completed in August, um, but we have to start early to get those things done. And then it's so much less stressful on kickoff day. And I think that's so important because that's a day that you really want to enjoy. And in some years we've got to enjoy it and others, let's just say they're more stressful. Um, <laughs> so one thing that we had some trouble with last year was our website was lagging. And so that made- 2020 last- Yes, the 2020 yeah. campaign, yeah. Yes, and so in 2020 we had to do a lot of analysis to figure out where all of that was coming from. And the biggest load on our website was sending emails, um, believe it or not. So that's kind of a background activity. And that's one thing that we took, took out a bunch of those emails and that way it was able, we were able to make the website load a lot faster, which in turn made donating faster and processing those donations because the year before we had some people who accidentally donated twice because they weren't sure that their donation went through. So just making sure that that works really, really seamlessly. Especially for those donors who are like the ones that they were timing out on their donations, they were so incredibly generous and they were donating to like 60, 70, 80 nonprofits, <laughs> and then they wouldn't go through right. And then we would have to go in and like reconcile the um, the data for like 80 different organizations. <laughs> it was, wow. I mean, like, so they were so generous and our website wasn't fast enough to handle that <laughs> level of right, generosity, right. I guess. Our <laughs> very last donation of our 2021 campaign that just finished came through at John what was 11.59. Well, it came through at 12.03 a.m. Yeah, it started but it was started well before. And it was to 99 organizations. Yes. So somebody had gone through and put all 99 organizations. Um, and that person also made the last donation of 2020 and 2019. So that was kind of a fun thing to look at and say, oh my goodness, this person is really generous. And is always our last donor. <laughs> Thank you for like finishing the campaign with a bang. We should send yes. him or her um, or they a, a thank you card. It's a her yeah. and oh. <laughs> we should get her on one of these videos sometime. That would be fun. Yeah, we should, yes, absolutely. It would be super fun. Um, so we did change the layout of the peer-to-peer -peer display and that, that encompassed a lot of different things. We went through several different iterations of that layout. Um, just to make it more user friendly and and everyone to be able to see exactly what was going on there. Um, Stacey, as well I, as could I ask you yeah. to explain just real briefly what a peer-to-peer -peer campaign is for those who may not know? Sure. So a peer-to-peer -peer campaign is when an organization has an outside individual or maybe a board member or volunteer who is kind of raising money on their own to benefit that organization. So we've seen lots of different peer-to-peer -peer campaigns. I think the most unique one this year was um, a gentleman. 
said he would get a tattoo of an organization's logo if he raised X number of dollars. I, can't, I think it was maybe $2,000 thing. And he certainly raised that $2,000 because I think his family and friends wanted to see him like permanently mark his body with this organization's logo. So they, people get kind of crazy. Other people don't do things that are quite that crazy. Some bake cookies and some um, do like dances to different songs and, and different things. So it makes it really fun. And all these sub campaigns are built into the website. Yes. Mm -hmm. They are absolutely built into the website. And it's that page you're talking about how it was redisplayed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they are becoming a bigger and bigger part of Como Gives every year. They allow us to meet new people that we wouldn't have met before. So it's a great networking tool for the organizations to build out their supporter base. Last year, our peer-to-peer -peer campaigns contributed um, $150,351 to the total of the campaign. And so that was like 8% of the total donations. So they are a big deal and making the user interface easy for them to sign up, easy for them to use, easy for the um, organizations to see the donations come in and support their peer-to-peer, -peer, um, what are we calling them now? Hosts? Hosts. Hosts. Um, that's really important. So I feel like that was a stride that we definitely made last year for sure. Sounds exciting. Yep. And we had 161 individuals or groups of people in the community who decided to do a peer-to-peer -peer campaign for an organization. So that was pretty exciting to see an additional group of people get involved. Right. So the next thing I wanted to touch on is like what went well and what what do we need to change still to make this even better next year? So John, tell us about Giving Tuesday, because that went really well. <laughs> yes. Well, we've always emphasized Giving Tuesday during the campaign. And usually uh, in a regular year, Giving Tuesday falls within the December 1 through 31 calendar. Every once in a while, and this has happened now a couple of times, Giving Tuesday is before December 1st. Giving Tuesday is always the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And when, th when Thanksgiving is early in the month, then that Tuesday could very well fall before December 1st. Mm -hmm. And so this year, Giving Tuesday was on November the 30th. So we just decided that we would start the campaign a day early. So it'd be a 32-day campaign instead of 31 this year, starting with the big kickoff on Giving Tuesday. We've also always resourced the organizations with where to go uh, and providing some kind of media and marketing help for them that's related to Giving Tuesday, showing them where to get their resources online through the Giving Tuesday, very helpful website. And so many of them just really did that. And they emphasized Giving Tuesday to their organizations. And on that particular day, we collected this year $366,000 on day one of the campaign. I mean, when we hit that on that day, I said to myself in the back parts of my mind, we got this goal. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was a tremendous first day. And it was $100,000 more than our you know, previous Giving Tuesday, which was huge. Mm -hmm. But this year, everybody came out and just gave on that day. It was really, really wonderful to see. And I think all the organizations were buoyed and lifted up and said, yeah, we got this. So, you know, let's go. There, there were many that met their goal that first day. And that was amazing to see. And I think even for organizations that don't participate <laughs> in Como Gives, at Giving Tuesday is this momentum that's like rolling through our culture right now and right. using that momentum to you know help grow your organization like like do it like absolutely try it it totally works even if you just send out two emails mm -hmm. please ask for donations on giving tuesday because yeah. people people know about it now it is something that is not just this foreign strange hashtag it is I feel like it's very well recognized at this point. But then again, I'm also like in this world. So, yeah. And anecdotally, the, the, the giving on that one day was more than our third campaign's total giving in 2015. Our total giving in 2015 was $352,000. And so this year on one day, we took in more than the entire campaign in 2015. It makes for a really big boost for our organizations to get them moving. Like, yeah. Yes. 
And so if you guys are planning your fundraisers and, and your first year doesn't go exactly the way you wanted it to, but you know that it's like a, a, you still feel like there's power behind the idea, don't give up. I mean, I remember the year that we set the $500,000 goal, and I'm sure Stacy remembers it too. It was like the year that I had Aveline. Um, so I was rocking a baby in my arms to sleep at nap time when we hit the $500,000 goal on like the last day. And we all just like, cried with joy. We were so happy to have hit $500,000. Like, so it doesn't happen overnight. It, but like this, the recognition of what's going on and what's happening and people knowing about it in our community, it grows every year. So it's, it's so exciting um, yeah. to watch it grow. So other things that went really well were power hour. And we already talked about that. So we won't talk about it again. Um, I think Another thing that's kind of fun is last year, it, so in 2020, we added in this social proof plugin, which I really like, like on the website. So when people donate, it says, you know, John just gave um, X number of dollars to come during the Como gift. So I think that's cool because people go on the website and they see other people are giving and it's like a real thing. You don't feel like it's, you know, just yeah. some absent like and it's just website. it's just their first name too. We want to protect yeah. donor privacy yeah. also. So it's just it says John. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. say full name. Mm -hmm. Which I think is fun, and I think it adds to like the gamification of of the campaign. And then last but not least, um, Stacy, I just want you to touch on the reconciliation process because you did so much work on that in 2020 and this year. Yeah. So um, as Monica mentioned and John mentioned, I love a good spreadsheet. So I really what it boiled down to is creating this template with all of the calculations that we use to uh, audit Como Gives, make sure that we have the, the number on our leaderboard, which is on our the front end of the website, matches what the donations were actually um, came through for each organization. We figure out how much they get their check written for based on like how many credit card fees were collected for that specific organization and really just making it a very replicable process because it used to take us 12 hours to, to create that and to reconcile and all of that. And now we can do it in just, you know, three or four hours because we have this template that we use and we have the calculations in there and all of that. So it really makes it a much more streamlined process. Stacy did a happy, happy dance when um, she's like had blocked off an entire day to reconcile Como Gives and then she got it done in like three or four hours and she's like, you'll never guess what happened. <laughs> it's all done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. Ahead, we Steve. use that spreadsheet to to hand out challenge grants and all kinds of things. So it's not just one singular purpose. It has lots of purposes in finishing up the campaign. So a few things that we do feel like we would like to have better next year is, and this is based on recommendations from our organizations, but then also internally, like just us using the website and using other websites on a daily basis. Two of the things that we are talking about is adding some more sorting features for users to be able to like pin down the organization that they're looking for and want to find. And then the other one is, and people have asked for this actually for a few years, um, is trying to find a way to allow people to give to multiple organizations from the same page. Because right now you have to go to an organization's page and add it to your donation cart. And I feel like people want to be able to, from the main uh donation like donate now page just add people to their cart without actually having to load that secondary page so those will be a couple challenges on our list this year to see if we can figure out how to do those yeah. things yay um john anything else on your list that you're thinking about um changing or wanting to do this year from a campaign management perspective to make it better Yes, we are going to adjust our challenge grant system a little bit. We're not exactly sure what the end result will be at this point, but 
Our challenge grants are an incentive program for the organizations to increase their performance. It's just plain and simple. That's what it is. And it also provides a little friendly competition between the organizations. And I think they respect that and they respect one another. That said, there are some bruised feelings every once in a while because of all the organizations that have cycled through Como Gives. We lose some every year. We gain some every year. We gain more than we lose every year. Did I say that right? We gain more than we lose every year. Yes. yes. So the campaign has grown every year. Um, but we've given out challenge grants to 57 of all the organizations that have come through. And we've given out 129 challenge grants. So that means that those 57 organizations is kind of a closed community. And each one has gotten on average about two and a half, 2.6 challenge grants apiece. That means that this last year, about 90 of the organizations, if you were to just take this as a pure number, did not receive a challenge grant. And some of those worked very hard as well. So we're trying to think through how we can do the challenge grant program to where we can be more inclusive of more organizations winning a grant every year, while at the same time respecting and providing grants to those organizations that really do every year perform very well. You know, we cannot deny that certain top performing organizations are top performing organizations. And they also may have very small staffs. So it's not necessarily the size of the organization. It's how effective they are with the campaign. And we want to honor that as well. So it's a little bit of a little bit of a conundrum as to what to do. But we do have some ideas. And so during our planning time, and we'll share our concepts with Monica and Stacy and their whole team as well. But we are going to revision the challenge grant system just a little bit to try to make it a bit more uh inclusive so that we will give out larger numbers of challenge grants every year i'm sure the organizations will not be upset about that like, i certainly <laughs> hope not i don't th that's awesome okay so that kind of closes out our campaign management discussion talking about the things that went well things <clears throat> that um, we tried that were new and some things that we're looking forward to next year. I also wanted to touch briefly on marketing because I feel like marketing can be a big black hole for a lot of organizations, which is why we spend so much time talking about it and training on it with our um, Como Gives participants. So, I mean, from the very start, John like went out and got sponsors and created a very comprehensive marketing approach for Como Gives. We send out emails to all of our past donors. We do social media. We have a radio sponsor and the TV sponsor. And then we also, we used to have a giving guide that then when COVID hit, we flipped over into a mailer, which how many, okay, you guys will know this. How many mailers do we send out now? About 30,000 plus. Yeah. This last year. Maybe 32. I think that's a number that's in my mind. I mentioned that yesterday. Which I think is cool because it, it lets us meet new people and build awareness with new mm -hmm. people. So that's kind of like the big overview of what we do for marketing. Um, so I wanted to just briefly touch on like what we did new <laughs> and, and just start with like not much. <laughs> we had a new plan for our Facebook ads, but then uh, all of our Facebooks got hacked. And so that sort of like, even though we had all the prep work done and John actually said it yesterday in our debriefing, he's like, Elizabeth wrote over 150 posts that were going to go out and be promoted and be used as ads. And we got to promote like seven. That was really can heartbreaking. I, can I can I stop you right there? But the marketing yes. thing, Mark, uh, Monica, begins earlier than that. It mm -hmm. starts in the fall with your marketing training because the most essential marketing that comes really is not so much what we do, it's what the organizations do. And your team helps train those organizations in what to do. So let's begin this thought with that. Not that you know, nothing really new happened. Yes, it did. We had a revised marketing training program that you did. Mention that, okay? Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even like, like, okay, so yes. So this year we decided to offer a course, basically, very online course-driven style to our participants of Como Gives. It was um, like donated to them basically by May Create. And we also invited people from all around the world to join us. And we did have other organizations throughout the United States mm -hmm. that came in and 
And we all learned together and it was amazing hearing their stories. I'm actually inviting some of them back to be on the podcast because they're, they were like, I loved their input and hearing what they had to say and how they run their organizations. I learned a lot from them. So that was, that was really cool. And, and we had a lot of people that used it and then we had people that didn't, (laughs) but I have to say that the organizations who did use it, who showed up for every opportunity to learn they knocked it out of the park. They did so incredibly well. We had a new organization this year who attended everything you did, and they, in their first year, took in over $10,000 in donations. That is a success. They were amazing. They were always at every opportunity that they had to plan and talk, showed up sometimes with multiple members, and they really put all of their effort into planning this campaign. And they also made me feel so good that somebody was like showing up and really using the stuff that we offered. Cause you know, you, you like to see people use the things that you create. And so it was, it was wonderful and wonderful that they, they had exceeded their goal, like in the first day. So they were I like, say, oh. if I remember correctly, they were one that we had to increase their goal day two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. It was mode. So like, good job guys. Like, they, they did so good. Um, so this year, we also, as part of that training, decided, so we've, we've provided email templates for the past few years. And this year, we gave social media templates in that same way, like fill in the blank style templates, because we have a lot of people that aren't used to social media, and we felt like that would be a great thing for them. But yeah, so those were like our new things that we did this year. Uh, so what worked? <laughs> well, um, this is this is good questions, and it, I guess it could be answered by the data and the website, right? But in your gut, John and Stacy, like, what do you feel like was a successful marketing endeavor for us this year? Emails mm-hmm. by not only you but also the organizations. People open emails; they still do. Mm-hmm. The text world, you know, it's a WhatsApp telegram world but it's also still an email world and when they get an email from somebody that they know they usually open it and then if there's a link in that email give here they're going to click yeah what's crazy is that emails actually accounted for like over $180,000 in donations this year hmm. which is um $28,000 more than 2020 Wow. And I think part of that is because we did put such an emphasis on it and just telling people to be brave and send more than one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's like 10% of our total donations. And and like my last harp on email is that they they do have the highest conversion rate of any type of traffic coming into our site. So people who come to the website via an email have a 15% likelihood of making a donation. And that is the highest group of humans coming into the website. That's the highest likelihood group of humans. So that's great. And in comparison to social media, which is like 4.9% likelihood of making a donation. So it's, it's pretty powerful. Um, We also, I feel like uh, John, your idea with the mailer and picking all those mailing routes, I feel like that is, I think it's allowing us to meet new people in a way that I think it is absolutely. Absolutely. So, so we use every door direct mail with that. And that's how we get it into the in, get into the mailboxes, not the inboxes, the mailboxes of those 30 plus thousand people. And so that has been a way to get in front of a lot of a lot of people we wouldn't normally get in front of. Yeah. And I think that there is a correlation. I, we haven't yet determined it because we have to upgrade some of the language on the on the enrollment form or the mm-hmm. checkout pages about how people have heard about the campaign, because we missed something this year. We no longer have a giving guide and that's still on the website. Uh, but we need to change that to mailer. I really think that the mailer has been an open door for new donors because that we did for the first time, the first year of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we weren't sure if we would reach the total donations that we did in 2020 this year, we did plus 14%. We also did the mailer again. I really think that mailer is a, is a key element of success. Yep. And that so, mailer has all the organizations listed on it, as well as the dates and how to give. It also has a QR code. So there's a lot of information on a giant postcard. Yeah. I was on I, I was on David Lyle's show, KFRU, to give a post Como Gives wrap up. And a woman called in 
And I don't know her name. I don't know where in the city she lived, but she got a mailer. And she said, thank you for the mailer. She said, everything I needed to know, everything to make giving easy was on that mailer. It was all just on one page. Maybe I should do a podcast on what to put on your mailer for your fundraiser. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. I, yeah. And so for you out there who are listening, realize that like every door direct mail is available to anyone, not just Mm -hmm. to us. Um, Anyone can use this like service. It's provided by the U S postal system and, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to have a mailing list. And so it is really nice and it is a reduced price mailing, but they're big, like ours are big, but they're less expensive because of the way that they're delivered. So it's, I think it's worth it. I think we need to keep doing it. And the other thing that I just kind of had another aha moment with too, is like for all the new technologies out there, I know everybody wants to use all the new technologies, but some of these old technologies do work. (laughs) I really think so. So, so go outside your comfort zone, but, but please keep some of the things that are, Mm -hmm. are working for you. If you want me to come to your event, you probably should mail me a card that's going to lay on my desk until I sign up. Yeah. It's it's the same concept with Como Gives. It's going to lay on the counter until they give and then, then it's done. So another adjustment that we made in 2020 that we carried over to 2021 was we used to do this big gathering that we called our kickoff event where all the organizations came. I loved hearing all the stories of the organizations and we couldn't do that. And so we thought, well, what if we interview people individually and we take them live on Facebook? And this year we decided to do it again. So John, how did you feel about those Facebook lives? Did you get like feedback from the organizations about them or? I think the interviews in the main, they went well, they were informative. Yeah. Uh, some were better than others because people came with pre-thought, you know, about how, what they wanted to say. And, you know, some were creating content on the fly, um, <laughs> but In the main, I think they were very, very helpful. What I don't have yet, Monica, I don't have any kind of metrics as to viewership of those. So I just don't know. Yeah. And it's not as easy to tell, but I still have to dig through the social media metrics. So I should be able to get that back to us. We did. When we did those in 2020 for the first time, viewership was way high. I just don't know what it was for the 2021 campaign yet. It, it, well, it was harder because things weren't really attached very well <laughs> at certain times. So it like switched. I won't even go into it. The Facebook hack has made my life very difficult for the past yeah. like two months. But um, I do feel like the organizations were very appreciative of getting to do the Facebook lives. And I always like hanging out with them. And Absolutely. the way that we do those for those of you who are listening and thinking about incorporating maybe something like this into your campaign is it's actually a buildup. So it's before the campaign even starts, we invite our participating organizations in. So if you were thinking about adapting this and using it for yourself, you might have volunteers, you might have donors, you could have um, like beneficiaries of your services or funds that you interview on Facebook live. And the goal is to thank the donors and build awareness. Just thank donors, build awareness, because you're not asking for donations yet and tell them when the when the campaign starts. And we do them, we do four a week for like a month and a half before the campaign starts. Is mm-hmm. that how long we did them for this year? Yeah, five weeks. So it builds awareness, I think. And, and the organizations say that it helps them meet new people on Facebook too. And they have something they can share. Mm -hmm. And then that video, of course, lingers, you know, in Facebook land. And so Mm -hmm. people can share that around and view it. And we had, you know, 12,000 views of these videos in 2020, I think was the total that I recall in my head of the 40 combined, but all the people that watched them, you know, we would have an average of 250 people at one of our fall kickoff events. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 12,000 is way more than 250. So there's virtue in that social media sharing. Yes, I I feel like we'll probably do it again. Just it's a nice way to thank our donors and to also thank the organizations and give them some like promotion. Yeah, a little bit of airtime. I, I, I still want to get the organization leaders in a room, though, because we've missed that now for two years. There was a certain synergy and energy that happens in that room when everybody who's got skin in the organizational game comes together 
and they're representing their organizations and they're kicking off the campaign. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice event. So I do miss it, but I don't think that it shared information nearly as well. Uh, and the numbers just say so as, you know, the interviews. Well, and to that um, point as well, one of the things that one of our participants said yesterday is they would like to be able to kind of almost mentor, like kind of pair up some of the organizations that been, that have been doing it successfully for a long time with some of the people who are maybe, maybe struggling or, you know, trying to switch gears and bring it to the next level. And having that face-to-face -face time could give us the opportunity to be like, hey, everybody who's been doing this for the last however many years and and has made this like a, a cornerstone of their marketing for the year, raise your hand. Because these are the people that you might go to to ask for advice about this. I think that a lot of organizations are apprehensive about asking other organizations for advice on certain things. Um, I just had a client that was like, hey, Monica, how would you suggest running this type of fundraiser? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't run those types of fundraisers. I have other clients that do. Let me give you their information. You should call them and ask them how they do theirs because I don't know. <laughs> I build websites <laughs> and I promote Como Gibbs. So I don't know about your gala or your 5K or your, you know what I mean? I don't know. So I think that having that face-to-face -face event would also allow them to maybe make some of the connections that they're missing right now um, from not getting to do those networking things that we used to do. That was a consultation request without paying a consultation fee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay though. It's I've done those myself. Of what to talk about. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, somebody needs answers. I like answers. <laughs> okay, so, um, what we might try next year, and we talked about doing it this year, but we didn't do it for the last two years. And this is an example of, hey, we want to do this in the future. So we started two years ago thinking about doing it, and we might do it next year, is we've been gathering people's permission to text them at their mobile numbers. And so we were thinking about having maybe one or two texts, three maybe at the max, to past donors. Um as part of our marketing campaign and see if that would be helpful. Um, but obviously we don't want to overwhelm them, but just an example of like, Hey, if you want to include texts as part of your promotional campaign for your fundraiser, you may have to gather phone numbers for two or three years before you have enough to actually make it part of your marketing plan. So look to the future. Right. And John, I know you have mixed feelings about the texts and if you want to chime in on that, I'd love to hear your well, thoughts. Well, you know, mobile phones are different than landlines and landlines are locked down now regarding, you know, uh, solicitation, you know, they've got mm -hmm. the do not call lists. Cell phones kind of have those, but not in the same way as landlines, unless I just don't understand some of the modern things that have happened lately. But a mobile phone is a very personal device. And when you start getting unsolicited texts from an organization, people might feel that their privacy is being a little bit invaded. So I like the concept of asking permission. Mm -hmm. If we don't have an overwhelming percentage of people that are willing to do that, then I don't think we would want to pursue it because it's mm -hmm. just not going to be worth everyone's time. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, uh, yeah, that's basically, it's a privacy thing with, with mobile phones. Uh, the, the thing about text also, which isn't the same way anymore, is used to be that there was a per text fee that showed up on your phone bill back in the day. I'm old enough to know this. You guys might be young enough if you don't know this, but now with all of our phone plans, you know, texting is built in. So it doesn't matter. They don't pay anymore if they get 5,000 texts a year or if they get 50 texts a year used to be had to pay, you know, 30 cents. Mm -hmm. My kids did that. They would, they would reply with a yes to a friend. And that was 30 cents on my phone bill. <laughs> you know, that, that wasn't what we were signing no. up for. But anyway, you know, John, my parents made me pay that back. <laughs> when I, when I went over my limit, I had to pay it back. I am such a late adapter on I've text. lost audio from all of you people. You know that I swear, like I kept having this buzzing sound on my phone. I couldn't figure out what it was. And finally, like the buzz happened and there was somebody else around. And um, and my friend was like, you're getting a text. And I was like, no way. 
<laughs> okay. So for everybody okay. who's out there with us, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I hope that you learned a thing or two from our nine years worth of um, misadventures and successes running the Como Gives campaign. And yeah, so if you couldn't hang out with us this whole time, then remember that we'll be publishing this out on the Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose podcast. And thank you so much to John and Stacy for lending all of your expertise in this Facebook Live because I know that you guys bring so much to this campaign and, and so does every single nonprofit that participates. So thank you, everybody, and thank the donors. I feel very vulnerable because I have no idea what you're saying, and I don't know when you're ending. This reminds me of an interview I did on CNN a number of years ago, and I was debating a topic with a guy in Baltimore, and they forgot to put his earpieces in, so he could not, uh, he could not hear me, and I could not hear him. And so I just kept driving my points home through this interview on CNN and he had no way to respond to me directly because neither of us knew what the other one was saying. It was really exciting. That's the way I feel right now. Just thought I'd let you know. So we're going to sign off. John, do you have any final statements that you want to make? I just sent him a chat. We'll see if he gets it. Thank you everyone for your participation today, for listening. Thank you to these two in particular and our other campaign sponsors, because we just could not do this without them. So thank you. All right. So until next time, friends, go forth and market with purpose. Bye. So thank you so much for your time today. Once again, my name is Monica Pitts and you're listening to Nonprofit Marketing with Purpose. Now, before I let you go, I just want to remind you about that little favor I asked you about in the beginning. Will you please review this podcast wherever you're listening? It will help us show up when people are looking for answers to the problems that this podcast will help them solve. So if you're a fan and you haven't reviewed the podcast, please leave me a review. That would be so awesome. I would love to hear your feedback. And if this was your first time, I mean, double welcome. And I hope you learned a thing or two. So leave a review so we can connect with even more awesome nonprofits just like you and help them on their journey to less stressful and more successful marketing. Thanks again for your time today. Now, until next time, go forth and market with purpose.